All right, let's get going. I slept like a baby last night. Nine hours, sleeping in peace, knowing that Roe v. Wade overturned. I slept like a baby because babies are getting their right to life. Meanwhile, all pandemonium is breaking out. Do you know what the word pandemonium means? It was invented by, I believe, John Milton. The word pan in Greek means all, like pantheon. Demonium means demons. Pandemonium means all demons. You know, we, we Christians, we celebrate All Saints Day, November 1st. Well, those who worship at the altar of death, who kneel before Moloch, their capital city is pandemonium. All the demons, pandemonium has come out of the closet during this June month. Riots, pepper spray from them to others. Let's take a look at some of this before we pray. Just set the stage here. Let me see if I can queue up. Here we go. This is in Arizona. I got to pause real quick. Uh, the Dr. Taylor Marshall podcast is a family-friendly podcast. Uh, I don't cuss. I don't talk about inappropriate material. And when I am talking about topics that relate to human sexuality, alternative lifestyles, San Francisco lifestyles, I use a lot of uh, code, innuendo. I don't want little ears to hear bad things, and I don't want pious ears to be offended. However, I do have to say that I'm running some video footage today, and there are some crazy people. All right, the left and the things that they're saying and shouting, I'm going to try to mute it and be careful and be that DJ where I cut and splice, but since there's so much profanity on some of these clips, if it leaks out, I want to apologize ahead of time. And maybe if you listen to the Dr. Taylor Marshall podcast uh, with your kids in the car, in the kitchen, while you're whipping up an amazing dinner for your family, uh, maybe this isn't the podcast to play out loud. This is probably going to be your, uh, your earbuds. I call them earbuds. My kids make fun of me for calling them earbuds. While we're at it, please like this show. Give it a thumbs up. Share it right away over on Facebook or Twitter. And if you're new, please hit that like button. You will not be disappointed. The topics, the guests, the analysis we do on this channel is awesome. And you're not going to want to miss any of it. So subscribe and hit the bell to be notified. All right. Let's get back to the pandemonium breaking loose. This is Arizona. Here. This is good news right here, by the way. Vatican praises U.S. court decision on abortion. I've been waiting for that all day. Glad to see it. Thanks be to God. Here's some more here. This is Phoenix. Get down, get 
That's what we call pandemonium. Crazy. Everybody getting ready. And one of the things that we're going to talk about today is, is should you be ready on Sunday morning? Here's some more. This one does have a cuss word in. I'm going to try to bleep it out. And now we go forward. 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 Match them. Match them. Forward. 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 I don't. I got to pause here. I don't understand the black umbrellas. Is that like a evil Mary Poppins witch thing? Somebody explain in the live chat to me why these people are carrying umbrellas. I thought the witches carried brooms. You know, they ride around on the broom, house to house. What's the umbrella thing? Can somebody out there in the live chat right now give me the 411 on the black umbrellas? They're, I got to say, the black umbrellas, not intimidating. Not doing anything for me. I'm not afraid of the black umbrellas. Can can we understand? People are saying it's for rubber bullets. Mm, I'm not so sure that a little $9 umbrella is going to stop a rubber bullet. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, pepper spray, more likely. Here we go. Gotta say, I'm not scared yet. Here comes an umbrella. Oh boy. Okay. This is a good speech for memory. It's my so. profound honor to be the first president in history to attend the March for Life. Some of you ain't gonna like this. But he was the first president to go and show up. And today as president... Again, I have to give the caveat, I don't agree with everything he stands for or represents. But... President of the United States, I am truly proud to stand with you. Every child is a precious and sacred gift from God. Do you believe that? I do. Every child is a sacred gift from God. That's why we have to protect them. That's what yesterday and today is all about. I said yesterday, we just scored a touchdown. But, you know, Roe v. Wade just makes it not a constitutional right. It doesn't make abortion illegal all over the United States. However, there are 13 states who have trigger laws that, boom, it's already happened. I'm going to probably do a separate show on that topic. But, yes, 13 states have a trigger law that as soon as Roe v. Wade went away, it triggers in, which is amazing. Back at it. Together, we must protect, cherish, and defend the dignity and the sanctity of every human life. When we see the image of a baby in the womb, we glimpse the majesty of God's creation. Unborn children. Now, you may say, oh, speechwriters wrote that. They did. But he's saying it on record. Again, Trump's not a Catholic. He's not a saint, anything like that. 
But the glory, the gratitude that we have today has to do with some of the groundwork that's been laid down, yes, for decades and decades, but especially in the last decade. have never had a stronger defender in the White House. And as the Bible tells us, each person is wonderfully made. It is my profound honor to be the first president in history to attend the... There it is. There it is. Here's some more. Here's from Jack Poso. Okay. Here's my my Twitter. While we're here, follow me on Twitter. Twitter, R, or Taylor, R, Marshall. Now, I'm not a big fan of scrolling. Eric Sammons has a good title for it. Doom scrolling, just sitting there going. All day long. Instagram. TikTok. Twitter. Facebook. Back to Instagram. It can be a vicious cycle. I've been there. It's much better to go outside, play with your dog, play with your kids. Go work out. Go to a coffee shop, talk to some real people. But I got to admit, I have been scrolling a little bit today because I wanted to see some of these reactions. This lady right here, I'm not even going to play her rant. There's so much profanity and nastiness about it. But one thing I've seen over and over is this woman here. I'm not going to say lady because if you listen to the foulness spewing from her mouth, she's not a lady. All right, but she's a woman. This woman says, I don't believe in your, we don't believe in your sky daddy. Your cloud papa, how dare you? But but in F, you know, F's and S and all the bad words flowing out. And one thing that I see over and over on the social media is that there is a, I'm going to use a letter here, F the church, F the state, abort the Supreme Court. Here's this, this I've seen this over and over. This is the most... Like I said yesterday, copium thing you could do right here. Yeah, what do you want to do? You want to get rid of the Supreme Court? The court that you appeal to and your rights are violated? That's that's your solution? What are you going to do when they take away other rights? This is ridiculous. Disgusting. Weird. Some of these people. Here in Dallas, I can't show the clip. I talked about it on Twitter. If you want to see my discussion over there, Taylor R. Marshall at Twitter. Um, here in Dallas, these degenerate people, I don't know what's a better word, degenerate, all right, degenerate people, half naked, twerking. Okay, I'm not going to explain what twerking is, but it's certain clubs specialize in that. Okay, so their idea is I can't kill my baby anymore. So I'm going to go out in front of the Dallas courthouse and I'm going to take off some of my clothes and I'm going to twerk. And by doing this degenerate behavior, uh, what does that accomplish? I'm just a simple man in Texas. I don't understand why people taking off their clothes and twerking 
and being degenerate in front of a courthouse. Uh, does this bring Roe v. Wade back? Am I, as a pro-life Catholic man, father of eight children, am I supposed to see that uh, on Twitter or or Instagram and be like, man, you know, that, that degenerate twerking right there, it has a point. Maybe we should bring back Roe v. Wade. I don't get it. I don't get it. Here's something else I don't get. This woman, not going to call her a lady because all you ladies out there deserve being called a lady. What is this? A woman. I mean, this woman, my wife's had eight kids. So I'm going to go ahead as Dr. Marshall, not MD, but Dr. Marshall, PhD, but just with some experience. I'm going to say she's about eight months. Y'all with me on that? Eight months. Imagine being the baby in there. And somehow like 18 years from now, this, let's say it's a boy. This little boy is on social media and he's like, there's my mom. Wait a second. She has written on her stomach, not yet a human. I mean, let's just think about this for a second. Does that baby, let's go over some features here. Does that baby have skin? Yes. Does a baby have eyes, nostrils, ears, mouth, brain, spinal column? Yes. Heart. Does all this tissue have its own DNA that's distinct from the mother's body? Yes, it's related, but it's a distinct DNA. The child could very well have even different eye color or hair color from the mother. So there's definitely a distinction there. And we're back. We got shut down, but we're back. It's going to pause here. Make sure we're all in the house. Okay. We got shut down, but we're back. I wonder why we're getting shut down. I don't know. Could it be pandemonium? Could it be bots? Could it be algorithms? I don't know, but we're back. So just, I mean, where does this woman get off? Riding on her stomach. I mean, less... Maybe, yeah, less than an inch away, depending on how much subcutaneous is there, is a person. Little person kicking. Parents out there, can I get a witness from you? Sometimes you see the shape of a foot. This amazes me. You see the shape of a foot push out from your wife's womb through the skin. It is a miracle. This woman, I'm guessing she's at eight months. She most likely has experienced that little baby pushing his foot out, saying, hey, mom, can't wait to see you, mom. And she says, not yet a human. That's disgusting. That's degeneracy. That's my new word. The word of the day on uh, Dr. Taylor Marshall podcast is degeneracy. It's horrible absolutely horrible saw a funny tweet it said i haven't seen the democrats this upset since we freed their slaves end quote and isn't that the case these people whether it's in the 1700s 1800s 1900s or our century 
there's always this idea that people are less, people are less human, like this, this degeneracy right here, right? That you have the power to say uh, someone who has their descent from Africa is not equal to you and should be your slave. Like, who gets to be that prideful? Or you say, this person is so small, they don't exist, so I can have a so-called doctor take stainless steel instruments into my womb or chemicals into my womb and scrape this person out with their own DNA and their own eye color. Or you could be the kind of person that says, well, if you're of Jewish descent or belong to a certain community, gypsies, Polish, uh, you aren't equal, you're lower, you're not fully human, and therefore bad things can happen to you. And yes, the Democrats were the party of slavery and the party of Jim Crow and all the discrimination. And once again, they're doing the same thing. This time, instead of dark-skinned people, it's little bitty people. And they're raging. Once again, the victory goes to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ became a slave to save man mankind, St. Paul says. A servant of all. Jesus Christ became a little baby through the miracle of a virgin birth in the immaculate womb of the Virgin Mary. As I stated yesterday, today, let's get this out of here. Let's get Jesus in here, our Lord. This is the month of June. Precious blood. This is, no, sorry, that's uh, is that July. Yeah, July is precious blood. June 24th, Feast of the Sacred Heart. I didn't mention this yesterday, but John the Baptist is also, his birthday is June 24th, but it got transferred in the pre-55 to today. So happy birthday, John the Baptist. John the Baptist, only with our Lord Jesus and with the Blessed Virgin Mary, get to have their birthdays on the calendar as saints. You might ask yourself, why would it only be those three people who get to have their birthday on the calendar? And the reason is, is because when Jesus Christ was born, he was perfectly holy, fully God and fully man. So in his birth, he's a saint. I mean, saint of saints, right? Capital S, bold, right? He is the holy one. Our lady is the queen of saints. She's conceived without original sin. She's immaculate. So when she's born on her birthday, it's also a saint's day. And John the Baptist, although he was conceived with original sin, when the Blessed Virgin Mary visited St. Elizabeth in the mystery of the visitation, when Elizabeth heard the voice of Mary's greeting, St. Luke says in the Gospels, the baby in Elizabeth's womb leapt and was filled with the Holy Spirit. That baby was John the Baptist. Catholic doctrine teaches that John the Baptist, in that moment, by Jesus Christ, in his mother's womb, was justified, sanctified, regenerate, perfected in grace. 
so that he too was a saint when he was born. For all my Protestant friends watching, think about this, that although Jesus Christ sanctified, justified, and regenerated John the Baptist in the womb, see Luke chapter 1, or is it 2? It was the voice of Mary that was the instrument for the Holy Spirit to fill the baby John the Baptist, which reveals a mystery that Christ often uses Our Lady as an instrument to confer grace. This is why St. Bernard Clairvaux speaks of Our Lady as the aqueduct of grace. It actually derives from Ecclesiastes 24. Read it sometime. Martin Luther threw it out of the Bible. It's a beautiful chapter, Ecclesiasticus 24. All right, I'm going to share some more things here. Let me just cue it up on the screen. Pardon me for a moment. This was a really good uh, thread. Let me open it up here and share it with you. I'm going to have to move some of this degeneracy off. the. I'm just going to delete it. I hate This is nasty. Okay, this was um, a guy named Dr. Strange Tweet. Never heard of him before. And here's what he had to say. My wife, Joy, actually sent this to me. Uh, he says, you don't like the decisions yesterday and today. You're really not going to like the next part. I mean, it's your fault, but you're not going to like it. And here goes the thread. Let me make it a little bigger so y'all can read along with me. So we were cool. This is this guy, not me. He says, so we were cool with the status quo. No, I wasn't ever cool with the status quo. All right, much more aggressive. We want abortion to be entirely illegal. No exceptions. A baby should never die for the sins of the father or the sins of the mother. Okay, but he says, yeah, we wanted abortion to go back to the states. Yeah, we wanted gun rights expanded. Yeah, we wanted our kids safe from LMNOP, LGBT indoctrination. But it wasn't enough to fight about. Oh, darn it. I hate when my screen gets all crazy like that. He says, we thought you were like us, that we could argue and make small gains and lose some ground, but everything's staying fairly level and level-headed. But boy, were we wrong. Because while we were copacetic and just going along to get along, you were pushing you pushed abortion from legal, safe, and rare in these specific instances. You push now for the point of post-birth abortion on demand for any reason. You push gun control for background checks and gun-free zones to now red flag laws, which deny due process. You push the rights of gay marriage to now the right of LGBTQ teachers telling kindergartners about their sex life. And during all of this, you push disagreeing politic those disagreeing politically and calling us Nazis and justifying violence against us, justifying harming our families and our jobs. So now we push back. We push back with Trump. We push back with state legislators. We push back with school boards. And we haven't even begun to push back, kiddo. This is what this guy says. It's going viral right now. I mean, just you can see the, the retweets. That one right there has 1,000 retweets, 9,000 likes. This guy is, is speaking what everybody's thinking. 
He says, we're going to push abortion back to the rare side in many states. We may give you a time frame like 12 to 15 weeks about what your beloved other industrialized nations give. We may not. I say not. I say not. We're going to push back on gun control. We're not going to accept your offer. Quote, you can keep some of your guns until we decide to get rid of them. We're going to elect legislators to make ownership easier. We're claiming our rights back. We're going to push back on the LMNOPGT agenda. We're going to make your lives miserable when you try to get our kids to question their gender. We're going to remove the power you think you have and put it in the hands of the parents, which just makes sense. Oh, darn. I hit. I really need a producer. Matt Fratz, Matt Fratz got a producer. I need to get a producer. That way I can have someone help me with this stuff. He says, we're going to push back. You had a chance to call a truce. You had a chance to be in control and be happy. You had a chance to just leave us alone. You didn't. You pushed and, and prodded and provoked and you threatened to commit violence and you threatening to commit violence now. Good luck with that. There's a saying about the danger of making people who want to be left alone get involved. You made us get involved. So all of it from here on out is squarely on you. Enjoy the whirlwind you have so deservedly reaped. This person says, this is exactly 100% word for word how I feel as well. We are done going along to get along. If Trump taught us anything, it's that you cannot reason with these people. There is no compromise and there is no middle ground. They will lie to your face just to get you to comply. And I would add to that the medical situation that has happened, not only in America, but all over the world for the last two years, has taught us a lot. It's taught us a whole lot. I'm going to pull up some notes on that. We don't want you to kill babies and we don't want it in, you to indoctrinate our kids in your degenerate, ugly, gross lifestyle. Enough is enough. You pushed us far enough. You said, oh... We just want to be, have hospital visits. And then someone doesn't make a cake for you based on their conscience and you ruin them, sue them and destroy them and drag them around the streets. No. Here's another thread. This is a a thread that I put together that I want to share with y'all today. I have to move some stuff around here. Come on, help me. I need a producer. All right, here we go. We were taught a few things in the last two years, and I'm talking about a health situation. Uh, there is a word on the screen, right? 
But because of the tyrannical situation in America, I'm not allowed to say that word on certain um, venues, certain media places like where I am right now. By the way, I'm streaming right now live on Twitter. I'm live on Facebook and I'm live on YouTube. And just a reminder, please like this video. Let's get the likes up. All right, so you see that word right there? That's what's taught us a lot. And what have we learned? What have we been taught? Well, your governments lie to you. They lie to you all the time. They lie to you about taxes. They lie to you about inflation. Uh, they lie to you about health. They lie to you about war and governments. And they lie to you about foreign policy and Afghanistan and Iraq and weapons and all kinds of things. They lie to you all the time. The sooner you come to realize that and accept it, the happier you will be because you will realize that the government is not there for you. They're there for themselves and their friends and their cronies. You know, I pity the person who says, especially an elderly person that says, well, when I get old, the government's going to take care of me. If you believe the government's going to take care of you, here's what's going to happen to you. They are going to euthanize you with a morphine drip when you're sick. That's just what they do. That's standard procedure in Canada. It's becoming standard procedure in hospitals. You're sick. You're not worth saving. You're expensive on the healthcare system. Turn up the drip of morphine. Drip, 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 and you're dead. You don't even know what happened to you. That's what happens when you say, the government will take care of me when I'm old and poor. Can I get an amen on that in the comments? How many of you know of family members, people's, relatives, friends who got the morphine drip euthanasia? The next thing we learned, doctors, many doctors, I'm not saying all, there's some great doctors. I have friends who are amazing doctors. They save lives. They do research. They make the quality of life physically and spiritually better for other people. But many doctors we learned in the last two years. I'm right here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this comment in here from Jacqueline. Jacqueline, work in nursing can confirm. She's confirming what I said. You're sick. No one's protecting you. No one cares for you. They just turn the morphine drip up until you fade away and they euthanize you. Many doctors are just there to collect their paycheck. They don't care about your health. They have sort of a, in their mind, an Excel, spree, Excel spreadsheet, a data set. You have this symptoms, pharmaceutical rep told me to give you that pill. You have this symptoms, pharmaceutical guy told me to give you this pill. You have this one, pharmaceutical guy said to give you this pill. And it, it's just sort of this simple game of this, then this, this, then this, this, and this. They're not looking at you as a holistic person. They're not looking at your lifestyle, your environment, your diet, your relationships. They're not looking for causes. They're only looking for the cream or the pill or the surgery that you or the government's going to have to pay for. What else did we learn in the last two years? 
many pastors, many priests, many clergy are happy to lock the doors of their church so you can't get in. They don't care. All those priests and pastors, clergy, they got paid. Same paychecks. No Sunday services. No visits to the hospital. No last rites. No extreme unction. No long confession lines on Saturdays and Sundays. It was bachelor life for nine months, ten months, depending on where you were, Canada, America, Europe. And people said, well, wait a second. Grandma's dying. Her whole life she's been wanting to have last rites, and you're saying that you're not going to give her last rites. Well, you know, it'll work out. God understands. But that's my grandma. Man and a woman married, holy sacrament of matrimony, have their first baby. Father, we have a baby. Can we get him baptized? Well, we're not really doing baptisms right now because, uh, you know, that C word. But my baby. I need my baby baptized, Father. Well, you just kind of have to wait on that. I was joking with my friend Greg, even before the C word and even after. And the cat, you know, in the Catholic Church, you're supposed to get your baby baptized ASAP. I've had some of my kids baptized the next day after their birth. In history, a lot of kids were baptized the same day they were born. Why? Because you want your babies to be sanctified, justified, and born again through the Holy Sacrament of Baptism. Jesus says, unless you are born of water and the Holy Ghost, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. That's why you get your babies baptized ASAP. Because our babies are born outside the Garden of Eden because of Adam and Eve's sin. We reinitiate their relationship with God through this Holy Sacrament instituted by Jesus Christ. This is why we baptize infants. But I was joking with my buddy Greg. I said, you know, it's easier to get a reservation at the fanciest restaurants in Dallas. You know, that, that might take you two to four weeks to get in a reservation somewhere real fancy, hot place, cool place to go in Dallas, Texas. Two to four weeks. You get to get your baby baptized. It's like some places, four weeks, six weeks. Where's the urgency? Where's the sacramental care? We learned that they'll close the doors. We also learned, we didn't already know, pharmaceutical drug industry only cares about that cash money. Cash rules everything around me. Cream, get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. I think that's Wu-Tang. You heard it here on the Dr. Taylor Marshall podcast. Wu-Tang Clan already diagnosed the problem in the pharmaceutical drug industry. They were probably talking about a different, I'm thinking Wu-Tang Clan was talking about a different drug industry. Today, I'm talking about the pharmaceutical drug industry, like companies like P. Fizzer. And I always enjoy it when people leave notes saying it's not pronounced P. Fizzer. And I know it's not pronounced P. Fizzer, but I speak in a certain way here on certain platforms, and it's the P, P to the fizzer. So yeah, Wu-Tang Clan, cash rules everything around me. Cream, get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. That's what they care about. Drug dealers care about that cream. 
that cash, that cheddar. They want that money. Pharmaceutical drug companies aren't just your street corner dealer. They're global dealers and they deal in the billions. And their pushers aren't 18-year-old kids in the ghetto. Their pushers are prime ministers, presidents, premiers, governors, clergy, perhaps a pope. Perhaps drug companies would meet with a pope two times last year. Perhaps that could happen. Perhaps Pope Francis would do something like that. Do your own research. Another thing that we were taught is this whole idea of my body, my choice. That's a lie. That's a lie. All these pro-choicers for all these decades. My body, my choice, my... Get your rosaries off my ovaries. All that. Bodily autonomy went straight out the window with what happened in the last two years. My body, my choice. I don't want that. Too bad you're fired. Too bad you're kicked out of the military. Too bad you're canceled on social media. Well, I think these doctors doing this research over here with this other alternative treatment that begins with an I, I think that's maybe, oh, you're canceled. Can't say that. You're a doctor and you don't, and you actually want to help treat the symptoms of the virus. Help. No, you're bad. The only solution was to inject things, period, period. And if you say, well, my body, my choice, I want to make my own healthcare choices. No, you can't be a, you can't be a trucker across state lines. You can't travel. You can't go to this hotel. You can't go to this restaurant. You can't enter this country. You can't do that. Well, my body, my choice. Eh, they don't care. It was total incomplete hypocrisy. What else did we learn? Let's find out. We learned that state governors are more powerful than we thought. Man, when everything started going down in the last two years, governors were powerful. We didn't, I don't think we really appreciated how many executive powers that governors have. And I think what we've learned is, is the elections, not just for the president and for the legislator, you know, the congressmen, the senators from our state. We always kind of think about that's the, that's the real power. No, the governors and local judges, local constables. And then what else did we learn? School boards. School boards are powerful. School boards were making important decisions, lobbying, obeying, disobeying when it came to masks, when it came to critical theories. You know, I'm talking about critical theories. They were racing to critical theories. You catch my drift? School boards right now, even in Texas, it's a critical situation, discussion. Then we've got people who are born one sex, but they're dressing up in the other and they're reading books 
to little kids, having them sit in their lap and all kind. I don't want to get into it, but it's it's downright nasty. To use the theme word of today's show, it's just downright degenerate. Can I get an amen? As I said yesterday, down in Texas, the Baptists say amen, and the traditional Catholics say amen. So can I get an amen? What else did we learn? We learned that social media is rigged, and it's rigged to suppress certain voices. At a certain point on Twitter, I lost, I think, in one week, 18,000 followers. I don't have a lot of fake followers. You can go check. Oh, look at all the amens coming in. Now, are y'all giving me amens or are you giving me amens? I need to know. Which one are you giving? We got Baptists in the house. We got Catholics in the house. Speaking of amen in Latin, we didn't say our prayer. Shame on me. Let's pray the Our Father together. Oremus. Nomini Patris et Fidi et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Pater Noster, qui es in Celi, Sanctificetur Nomen Tuum, Adveniat Regnum Tuum, Fiat Voluntas Tua, Sicut in Cielo et in Terra, Panam Nostrum Quotidianum Nobis Odiae, et emite Nobis Debita Nostra, Sicut et Nos Dimitimus Debitoribus Nostris, et ne Nos Inducas in Tentationem, Se Libra Nos Malo. Amen. Nomini Patris et Fidi et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Amen and amen. What else did we learn? Social media is rigged. I lost like 18,000 followers. The beginning of last year, 2021, I was gaining 10,000, 16,000 subscribers every month. And as we got into the beginning of the year, it went from that to 2,000 a month, 3,000 a month. 1900 a month, just right off a cliff, all of a sudden, boom. At the same time, I was getting more and more harassed. People were coming after me on social media. It was an odd thing. And I realized this whole thing, it's like a game. It's almost like a casino. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, it's all a casino. You know, we're just, we're putting in our tweets like we're putting in quarters or dollars pulling the handle, playing and playing and playing. But you know what? You can lose it all in an instant. If someone out there wants to dox you or cancel you or rewrite the algorithm so that the words that you say, the thoughts that you express become intolerable. They know in the name of tolerance, they no longer tolerate, tolerate you and they cancel you. And everyone knows it. And you know what? Elon Musk has exposed it even more in the last several months when it comes to Twitter. Fake. Fake bots, fake algorithms, and they will cancel you. What else did we learn in the C word in the last two years? We learned, if you didn't know it already, you, you are chiefly in charge of your health and happiness. If you think the government, or somebody else is going to make you happy. Pardon my French, but you're screwed. Can I get an amen on that? I like how people in the live chat are putting amen, A-H, half and men. That way I know you're going with the amen, not the amen. No one besides yourself 
can govern your happiness. I like to read Stoic uh, philosophy. Uh, I'm a philosophy major in college. Uh, I got a master's in philosophy. I have a PhD in philosophy. My specialty is Thomas Aquinas, Thomistic philosophy, natural law, beatitude, teleology. But I also like the Stoics. In fact, this morning I was listening to an audible book on the Stoics. One of the important disciplines is understanding that when events happen, there's judgments and then there's opinions and being able to stand back and have a distance. I want to say the word apathy and that apathy would be the kind of word a Stoic would use in Greek. But if I say apathy, I think most uh, people in 2022 will misunderstand it. But what we're talking about here is understanding that your happiness and your contentedness, by the way, you're never going to, if you think of happiness as a scale to one to 10, and you're always striving for a 10 to be like perfectly just, it's like your birthday and you want a new car and you want a lottery and you got married and had a, all the, like a 10, life ain't like that. Myself, Taylor Marshall, I'm daily shooting for the seven. If I can achieve a seven happiness every day, that's a good, good pattern to go. Occasionally I'll have a 10. Occasionally I'll have a three or four, hopefully never a one or a zero, but just kind of keep on going. And part of that is realizing that you have the discipline to do what St. Paul said, and that is to take every thought captive. You see, you are the king over your thoughts and you get to decide how they process in and out of the castle. Bad thoughts, wicked thoughts, evil thoughts, murderous thoughts, lustful thoughts, you get to slay them and expel them from your kingdom. Good thoughts, loving thoughts, peaceful thoughts, generous thoughts. You also get to arrange them in an order and a sequence and they process in and out. That's the secret of life. Sometimes in my own mind, I get into a spiral, a circle. My wife can recognize this. I can recognize it in my wife and in my friends and in my children. Sometimes you get into this circle, looping. Joe would say, Taylor, you're looping, right? Where there's this negative thought. Instead of being the king over it and taking every thought captive, like St. Paul says in the New Testament, looping, looping. You got to slay that thought. You got to take it captive. You got to take it out and rearrange your thoughts. One of the reasons why I say always pray the rosary every single day is the rosary is a 15, usually 20 minute period in your life where you are looping and you're thinking about Jesus and you're praying 20 minutes every day. Do you know how good that is? I mean, imagine if you could have 20 minutes every day where you are just in a perfect loop, meditating on the mysteries of Christ's life, saying the Hail Mary, saying the Our Father, saying the Glory Be. It's, it's, it's paradise on earth. Rosary, rosarium in Latin means rose garden. You're entering into a rose garden. It's pleasant. Can I get an amen on that? Cancel culture. Oh, I, I skipped one. Being... Locked in our homes is unhealthy and leads to alcoholism and suicide. 
alcoholism, drug abuse, and suicide were way up in 2020, 2021. Being isolated, being locked in your home is just a fancy way of being in prison. We are social beings. The ancient Stoics, to go back to the Stoics, they compared us to bees. Bees are amazing. I want to own land and I want to set up bee. I want to own cattle and I want to have beehives. And I want that honey. Mellifluous honey. The Stoic says we're like bees. We're somewhat hierarchical. We work together in a community. We're not so, if you take a bee away from the hive, his whole life, his does, life doesn't make sense. Falls apart. A bee belongs to a community. The church, the Catholic church, is a perfect society. It's the kingdom of God that includes Jesus as the king, Mary as the queen, the apostles as the, the judges, and the rulers, governors, then all the saints in heaven, all the saints being purified in purgatory to be made 100% sanctified, and then those of us on earth who are in the battle. If you're alone, if you're cut off, if you're a bee isolated in a cubicle, you will go insane. You will be unhappy. We saw this with teenagers committing suicide, cutting themselves, huffing chemicals, getting into opiates, drinking codeine, all kinds of horrible things happened because they were cut off from their friends. Man, when you're a teenager... Your parents aren't so cool. I got five teen. Actually, I, I always say I have five teenagers. Today, I don't. I lost a teenager today. Not that I lost a child. My oldest was 19. Today, he turns 20. So proud of him. Pray for him. So now I'm, I, I did have five teenagers. Now I got four teenagers. But I got more coming up. Teenagers are like, man, my mom and dad are such dweebs. They're like hardcore traditional Catholics. I want to hang out with my friends. They're cool. And you know what? As a dad of eight kids, I get that. I am a dweeb. And it's pretty natural. My wife and I talk about it. We don't want our eight kids to stay with us forever and to live in our house. Not cool. I'm proud that my oldest and then my next two are making their own life, making their own career, building their own relationships. I don't want my kids living in my basement or in my attic. I don't want to see them when they're in their 20s in my kitchen. They need to grow up. That natural tendency to move away from mom and dad is natural. As long as it's not rebellious, it's natural. My oldest son, I was very proud of him today. It's his birthday. I'll tell a story about him. He called my wife and he said, hey, there's one thread that still connects me with your support, and that is you're still paying my phone bill, and I'd like to take it over. Can you please call AT&T? And free up my number so that I can take on my phone bill. I was, that's one of my proudest moments. 
that my 18 year old son says, Hey, I am my own man. I can pay my own bills. I have one more bill that you're still on. I want to take care of that. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. So when you have friction with your teenagers, realize that this guided with virtue, guided with prudence, this is the trajectory. You don't want them living off of you when they're 35 years old. That's disordered. No bueno. Let me just say also, I've been a dad now for 20 years. I guess if you inc include the in utero nine months, 20 years and nine months. Let me just say, young dads out there, it goes so fast. I know everybody says that. I was thinking about this morning when my firstborn son was born 20 years ago today. It is so vivid. I mean, it almost feels like it was three Christmases ago. The time flies. Really does. Life is short. Live well. Life is short. What else did we learn? Cancel culture is growing. I already talked about that. Negative people injure you. I got to tell you, people got real negative and nasty in the last two years during the C word. You know, the C to the O to the V. Some people, you just, you couldn't be around them because they always talked about it. Oh my goodness. CNN said this. I've read this in the paper. You wouldn't believe my neighbor did. It's just like, uh, it's like, I can't be around you. Like there's more to life than just the myopic study of it. We're just becoming negative and negative and negative. And sadly, when it comes to negative people, toxic people, I'm not talking about family members who are having a hard time, friends who need a shoulder to cry on. I'm talking about people who just get into that loop and it's just negative all the time. C to the O to the V to the I to the D, you know, constantly, you know, how about we, uh, grill some burgers outside and have fun or talk about something different. The negativity injures you. What else were we taught? On that point, many of our old friendships, associates, we learned were cray-cray. They were crazy. Some of them I've learned were mentally ill. They will attack you. They will betray you when the social winds change. Those who follow me closely know what I'm talking about. I have had close, dear friends, brothers, claw me, stab me, hurt me. Why? I don't know. To this day, I don't know. And it's like with negative people, toxic people. The more you try, the more you get hurt. The more you try to clean up the acid, the more it gets onto your skin. Again, I'm not talking about people who are going through a hard time. I'm talking about people who are have arrested development or are truly mentally ill or unwell. What else did we learn? We must forge our own communities of trust and like-mindedness. Man, this is something I learned in two years. Kind of something I knew from my 20s. But you really have to be purposeful with the communities that you build and live in. I don't want to be around people who are negative. I don't want to be around people who blaspheme. I don't want to be around people um, 
who tell nasty jokes. I don't want to be around people who take God's name in vain. I don't want to be around people who are going to influence my kids in a worldview that is degenerate and bad. So I'm going to have to limit media, limit exposures, and I'm going to have to build a little kingdom of like-minded people that I trust. And those are going to be the, the people that are the godparents to my kids. And maybe I'm the godparents to their kids. And we travel together. We eat together. We pray together. We pray the rosary together. I was with my buddy Greg last night. We had a nice salmon dinner celebrating Roe v. Wade. Had a nice cigar. And he's like, let's pray the rosary. And I was like, let's do it. That's a true friend, you know, to kneel down and pray the rosary. You've got to build those communities. How do you build them? It's work, right? Doesn't just happen. Sometimes people say, hear me say that. I'm like, you need a friend like Samwise Gamgee on that. Lord of the Rings, you know, where he just picks up Frodo and is like, you're my brother. I'm going to carry you. I love you. I'm here for you. You need a friend like that. People say, well, how do you get a friend like that, Taylor? I'm just not lucky. I never met you have to be a person who adds value to other people's life. And that's on you. When my kids say, dad, I need money for such and such, I say, what value can you add to my life or to someone else's life in the world? where you can get that money because just handing you money to go buy something is the wrong point of view in life. You have to say, how do I bring value? How do I bring worth into someone's life where they're like, you know what? That's so amazing. I'm going to tip you. I'm going to give you something. Demanding things doesn't work. The same thing with friendship. Do you provide value for other people's lives? Do you do favors for them? Do you make deals for them? Do you lift up their soul? Do you bring a smile to your fa to their face? Or when they see you like, oh boy, here comes, here comes Johnny. Oh boy, what's he gonna be upset about today? What's he gonna ask for today? What's he gonna want? How's he gonna bring us down? Yeah, you're not gonna have a strong friendship circle. That's on you. Reassess yourself. Why do I not have friends? Why do I not have a close group that supports me? Am I bringing value to those people? The next thing is we need to know our neighbors. You know, when a crisis happens, you need friends who are proximate. Not across town, not in another state. You need neighbors near people. We've gotten to know some of our neighbors. They don't have to be Catholic. Some of our best friends as neighbors aren't Catholic. They're evangelical Protestants. We share a lot of the same goals, views. And it's great to say, hey, um, we're going to be home a day late on our travel. Can you go check on our dogs, Duke and Daisy? You know I love Duke and Daisy. I need to bring Duke and Daisy back on the show. You wouldn't believe how big Duke and Daisy are. Can you go over and check on, let Duke and Daisy out? Or, I heard you're sick. Can we bring over some food? I need a cup of sugar. I need some butter. Hey, we've just grilled up all this meat. We got this amazing uh, prime rib and we can't eat it all. Why don't y'all come over tonight and let's have dinner together? Or after Sunday, let us pray together. You need that. You got to build it up. What else did we learn? 
live streaming business meetings, church services, and school lacks human touch and leaves a void. Especially streaming masses. I mean, if that's the best you got, it's the best you got. But, man, everyone's like, okay, well, uh, you know, this this medical emergency is happening. So let's just have our meeting on uh, Zoom or Skype. And you got just all these heads on the screen like the Brady Bunch. Remember the Brady Bunch intro? You got all the faces. You, that's what's going on. It's lame. It's real lame. One thing I learned, too, is if you're like this, I'm going to make the screen out of out of uh if you're like this on a on a screen the human mind thinks it gets stressed out it's like if i were like three inches far from you you're like whoa someone's in my face i don't like that and people were setting up their webcams like that and it just causing a lot of people stress we're not meant to be like talking like this close to people it's weird but also there's so much about communication that is beyond what you see in this box right here with me. See, I try to bring my hands up, you know, like Will Ferrell, like, I don't know what to do with my hands. I try to bring my hands up so you see that I'm an actual human being and not just a talking head. But even still, it would be way better if you were sitting in here right here and we were having a conversation and you can see how I'm leaning, how I cross my legs, how I drum my fingers, how I move, all these things. How I get up, how I approach you, all these things where we humans are meant for that. When you're in a business meeting, there's so many cues that you miss from here down. A church service was not meant to be seen on a screen. It was meant to be experienced. You can't smell the incense through Skype or Zoom or YouTube. I've been a high school teacher. I've been a college teacher. I've been a college dean. Uh, before all of that, I was an Episcopalian clergyman who preached in a pulpit. So for a great part of my life, I have taught and preached in person with the real people there, the real reverb, the real echo, the real students raising their hands and the interruptions and all that. I miss that. I do it on YouTube with y'all because there's a lot of you here. I mean, there's 2,673 of you live right now. You can't very well do that in a conference room. But I wish we could be together. I wish we were all in the same room. I wish after I got off for Q&A, you actually walked up and I shook your hand and said hello and saw who you were in person instead of, you know, these little bitty icons that just constantly stream. In-person is real. In-person is better. That's why people like live concerts. You see the real person. Joy and I uh, and uh, a few of our kids saw Paul McCartney when he came to Fort Worth, Texas. When was that? A little less than a month ago. It was amazing. I was like, this is like one of the four Beatles. He's singing. He's jumping around. He's playing a mandolin, he's playing a guitar, he's playing that old bass, doing all this stuff, you know? And by the way, if you watch the Fort Worth Paul McCartney concert, at one point, it's during um, Obladi Oblada, Obladi Oblada, life goes on, bruh. During that song, the cameras go on Joy and me. 
and we're like dancing and there's Paul McCartney and then there's Taylor Marshall and Joy Marshall. I got to get the clip. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. But, you know, I can listen to Obladi Oblada. I think it's on the White Album. I can listen to that. It's cool. But like when he's right there, it's like old man Paul McCartney. It's like the ancient elder version of Paul McCartney. There he is right in front of us. And suddenly the song has this more human connection. Well, that's true in business. That's true in church. That's true in school. That's true in everything. What else did we learn? Family comes first. Family first, people. When everything started happening in 2020, we're like, okay, we can't go to restaurants. Um, all vacation and travel is off. School is closed. Everybody's homeschooling. Older kids, younger kids, everyone's at home. What are we going to do? Well, we started reading books. We started playing games, board games. We started cooking a lot more, cooking together. I'll tell you, cooking together, I'm going to talk about that in a little bit, restores the soul. It's good. It's medicinal. Taking walks in the neighborhood, you know, kind of becoming like our grandparents. It was awesome. Family first. Family first. The other thing that we realized was that 51% or more of humans will not resist a, tyrannic, a tyrannical government leader or policy. They will sadly conform. It blew my mind. Some of the smartest people I know, some of the most disciplined people I know, some of the most successful people I know were the ones who conformed and conformed. They wore their masks in their car by themselves. They wore their masks when they were walking down the street. They stayed home. They obeyed. They got injections and a second injection and a third injection. I'm just thinking, my goodness, I would have never guessed that this person would totally conform to tyrannical requests. But we learned they will. What else did we learn? Collecting, preparing, and cooking our own food, not restaurants, creates mental, physical, social health. I'm going to tell you something. People might laugh at me. I've become, I've been cutting seed oils out of my diet. I know it's kind of a fat thing, but it helps. I'm not as inflamed. You can tell, I think you can tell in my face that there's, there's something better going on, you know, like less inflammation. I feel better. I sleep better. When you go out to eat, you know, you're getting so much soy and soybean oil and high fructose corn syrup, all this fake food. When you eat at home, you know, you get your, your salmon, you cook with butter. I like to cook with tallow, maybe some olive oil. You have avocado, eat some spinach, you know, like real food. You don't put nasty salad dressing with soybean oil on it. Salt, pepper. There's something good about that. 
people said, here's what did he cut out of his diet? Seed oils, soybean oil, rapeseed oil, vegetable oils, cottonseed oils, all those oils that are pushed out of seeds under high pressure, gone. Just tallow, just olive oil, just butter. You know, like grandma used to make. Yeah, duck fat's awesome too. All about that. And I've been eating more liver. Anyway, why am I talking about all this? Point is, when you cook and prepare your own food as a family, you set the table. You put out the forks, the knives, the napkins, the plates. You get the kids involved. Maybe somebody's cooking the vegetables and somebody's preparing the meat, right? And then someone's pouring water or maybe opening a bottle of wine. Everybody's kind of just in the symphony. And then you sit down and it's legit. It's good. Can I get an amen on that? What else did we learn? We're all going to die. You're going to die. Everybody watching right now, you are all going to die. I am going to die. I could die next week. And there'll probably be someone else on YouTube who would just kind of move in and replace me. No big deal. You're going to die. Resisting it, stressing about it, running from it, ruins the days of life that you have. Like I talked about before, you can train your thoughts. Don't loop about death. You know, don't be that emo person that's always listening to like Nine Inch Nails and like obsessed about death. Don't be that person. You're going to die. The Stoics say, and a lot of Catholics, memento mori. Remember death. Remember that you will die. And it'll probably, you know, you could have cancer and it could be really long years of pain. Most people I've heard from doctors that your death is going to be painful and uncomfortable and stressful and bad for about 30 minutes. That's pretty much standard issue for humanity. So the signal dropped. I think we're back. Yep, we're back. Signal, signal dropped and we're back. I was saying 30 minutes of suffering before death. So hopefully you have, you've been to confession because you go to confession every two to four weeks is what we should do. You got extreme unction. You got apostolic pardon. You got your family around you, hopefully, but it might not be that way. You know, you might be in a war and you might take a bullet and you might bleed out over 30 minutes. It's really horrible. Uh, you just got to accept your death, right? I mean, no one knows how you're going to die, but just know it's probably going to be uncomfortable. It's probably going to be a little scary. But if you're fortified by grace and you know you got Jesus with you, Mary with you, Joseph with you, hopefully your family with you, you're going to pull through. Don't despair. Push through death with the grace of God. You're all going to die. We're all going to die. One Another reason why you should pray the rosary every day is you repeat over 50 times, 53 times, if you pray five decades. Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. There you go. Amen. What else did we learn? Life is beautiful. God is real. Even if they lock you in your house, even if they take away your freedoms, 
even if they persecute you. Life is beautiful. Gave a gift to one of my friends. Randall, if you're watching. Hey, Randall. Gave him a, a cigar case. And on the inside of it, I wrote, Spiro, Doom, Sparrow. Maybe it's Doom, Spiro, Sparrow. That's what it is. It's Doom, Spiro, Sparrow. Latin. While I breathe, Spiro, I breathe, Sparrow, I hope. See, it's kind of a play on words. Spiro means I breathe. Sparrow means I hope. Spiro, Sparrow. As long as you're breathing, you got hope. Some people have been in the worst case situations and come out the other side. And even if you're in the worst case situation and they kill you, they martyr you, they destroy you, they punish you, you have a reward with Jesus on the other side. Spiro Sparrow. Life is beautiful. God is real. Okay, so what did I what did I miss, y'all? What did I miss? Maybe I'll take some questions right now. There's over 2,500 of you. Before I do take some questions, make sure you use a question mark in your question in the live chat, whether you're on Twitter, Facebook, or um, YouTube. I can see all of you right now. It's going very fast, and I can't control the speed because there's 2,500 people. So I'm looking in there, and I'm looking for that question mark to know it's a question. Otherwise, I think it's a comment. So if you want me to handle your question, make sure you use a question mark. I even like the Spanish style where you put a question mark at the beginning and the end. That really hooks me up. I like that. And also, let's go ahead and get those likes up. Everybody hit the thumbs up. Likes. Boost it, boost it, boost it. You are my algorithm. YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook are, are not keen on my content. Have you figured out why yet? So, you are my algorithm. You have to share this video. Hit the share button. Go to Facebook and hit share. Go on Twitter. Hit share. Whatever. Whatever, you, whatever you're on, share it there. And then, please, pretty please, hit the subscribe button. Why wouldn't you want to be subscribed to this amazing channel with all these amazing people and cool conversations and Q&A? There is no reason. Subscribe. Hit the bell. Join up. Also, for people, if you want to support my work on these platforms, the writing of my new book, Golly, it's delayed, but we're going to have some news on it hopefully next week. Um, go to patreon.com forward slash DR Taylor Marshall. That's me. You can, that's my tip jar. If you want to support and make this stuff possible, hopefully I can get a producer. Man, if I could, if you, if, if new people become Patreons, I can get a producer and they can like bring in the graphics and do all this stuff. And I can speak instead of saying, hold on, let me cue this. Let me do that. Man, I need like a producer. So, Maybe we can get that going. Become a generous patron. Go to patreon.com forward slash DR Taylor Marshall. You can support my work. And I am deeply grateful and thankful to all the patrons who do donate and who do make it possible. I do send out merch, signed books, online courses, all that at different levels of giving. And that's all organized at patreon.com forward slash DR Taylor Marshall. Let's do some questions. You already do some questions. That would be another good thing. If I had a producer, I could have the, he could, he or she could queue up the questions for me. That'd be so cool. Priscilla says, you need a producer. Yeah, I agree. That'd be awesome. 
Priscilla's watching on, on Facebook. Okay, let the questions begin. Joel Banner says, is it possible to repair all the damage done to traditional vocations? Of course it is. Of course it is. Uh, Pope Francis has not been keen on helping traditional orders like the Franciscans of the Immaculate, uh, and even Fraternity of St. Peter, Institute of Christ the King, many, many convents of holy, beautiful, traditional nuns. Of course it's possible. Um, that takes a hierarchical transformation, which can happen. We have to pray for it. We have to pray our rosary every single day. And then, of course, the revivification of traditional orders will come from the sanctity, the heart, and the prayer of those consecrated men and women. They are powerful. Good question. Let's see here. Have you ever made a minimum wage? Uh, yes, I have. Uh, I once was a waiter at Macaroni Grill. Is that minimum wage? I think it is. It's actually below minimum wage because you don't get paid the full wage. So if you were ever in the Philadelphia area and went to the Macaroni Grill 20-ish years ago, I may have been your waiter. I would have brought you your pasta arrabbiata. Let's see. This is a good. Can you do a show on Venerable Mary of Agreda? I love Mary of Agreda. I affectionately refer to her four volume book, City of God, as my blue sleeping pill. When I can't sleep, I either pray the rosary or I have one of the four volumes of Maria, Venerable Maria Agreda's. City of God, and I read that, and it always puts me to sleep. Not because it's boring, but it's just peaceful. Um, it's a meditation on the life of the Blessed Virgin Mary, uh, and the life of Jesus from the perspective of the Virgin Mary. It's, it's a great work. Also, Maria Grady was in Spain, but she was bilocating to Texas, which is where I live, and there's actually some devotion to Maria Grady here in Texas. So yeah, I think I should do a show on Maria Grady. Thank you for that recommendation. Let's see. Kathy on Facebook watching. I pray for Pope Francis every day, but I also feel bad about thinking he is wrong in so many things. Feel guilty? Question mark. Yeah, I often examine my conscience. Am I being too hard? Am I disobeying the Supreme Pontiff? Uh, am I out of line? Do I need to be more charitable? I do question myself on that. And maybe I am, maybe I'm not. Um, but in my own conscience, before God and before now all these people, I really earnestly, if you followed me for the last, how long has Pope Francis been? Nine years. If you followed me for the last nine years and you've watched my podcast and you've read my writings and you've heard me speak, uh, I spent deeply into 2016 doing everything I could to defend Pope Francis. And well, if you look at the Spanish and if you translate it this way or, well, in this certain context or long ago, there was a ancient Christian who had a similar way of saying, and I did everything I could to try to dig him out of the holes of confusion, ambiguity, 
and what eventually I began to see as mistakes, error, theological and moral error. So yeah, I think we always do need to be on guard. Uh, it's treading on a dangerous uh, landscape. Don't want to trip. We don't want to fall. We don't want to sin. But yet, we have to speak the truth. You know? Um, bringing a Pachamama idol into St. Peter's Basilica and people incensing and processing and all, it's wrong. It is wrong. It always will be wrong. I don't feel guilty saying that. I feel completely innocent and pure before God on that fact. As I say it, it's wrong. You can't have idols. You can't have you just like you can't bring in a statue of Zeus and have incense and carry it around the church or Jupiter or Shiva or anything like that. You just can't do it. You can't do it. Thanks for that question. I need to be asked that. I appreciate it. All right. People are asking me for all kinds of interesting shows. Um, leave a comment below too if you're watching this later on. Looking for questions. A lot of these I don't know the answer to, so I don't know. I'm not going to put them on the screen and waste your time. Emily says, look how she did that triple question mark. Legit, Emily. Good job. Emily's watching on YouTube. Uh, should scientific studies on Eucharistic miracles be allowed to happen? Yes, I think so. Science, uh, Ciencia is Latin for knowledge. And uh, we should not ever be afraid of knowledge, study, investigation. Absolutely not. If a if a host is allegedly a Eucharistic miracle, uh, if I'm a layman or even if I'm a bishop, whatever, I want to know the blood type. I want to know, is it human blood? You know, just a bloody looking thing in a cup uh, doesn't, isn't a miracle unless you can confirm it, right? Um, so yeah, I think science uh, is is legitimate because remember, miracles are a suspension of nature, the laws of nature. So when Christ walks on the water, usually when a human is puts his feet on the water, he just falls into the water. That's natural for all humans. When Jesus did it, the, the laws of nature were suspended so he could walk on nature, and then he suspended the laws for Peter, and Peter did it shortly, but his faith fell, and then he fell into the water. So, all miracles are suspensions of the law of nature. So in order to know something is a miracle, you're going to have to compare it to the, to the laws of nature. And that's going to require some kind of scientific investigation. Good question. I like how you worded that. Oh, man, I love Croatians. Croatians are amazing. I met two lovely, two lovely, when we were in Paris, when we were in France a few weeks ago, two lovely Croatians flew to France to go to Latin Mass and hang out, have some St. Germain spritzes and some croissants and coffee together. It was awesome. And I have some friends who just left Croatia and they love it. And my new accountant loves it. Croatia. Croatia. Let's see. Let's take a couple more here. 
Um, Och Sigwa, is Pope Francis planning to quit or is he still going to Moscow? Uh, I don't know about the Moscow situation, but I don't think Pope Francis is going to resign. Um, I'm not a gambling man. I'm not a betting man. But if I were, I would bet big money against it. Uh, the actions that he's taken against religious orders, traditional priests, the traditional Latin mass, all that in, in my perspective. And again, I'm a layman. Uh, I'm just a dad on a webcam. I'm a dad with eight kids. You know, I got a PhD in philosophy and I've got uh, 11 books. But other than that, I don't have a lot going for me. All right. So I'm just a dead on a webcam, but I see tyrannical behavior in the policies and in the style of governance in Pope Francis. That's just my personal opinion, my perspective. And I know that tyrants never give up any power. A tyrant will never yield any power. In fact, they're always trying to suck up and pull in more power, even to death. So um, when Archbishop Vigano kind of made that comparison of what's going on in the Vatican uh, to how a Sicilian mafia sort of works, I'm kind of sympathetic to that. And so I don't think he's going to resign. And I apologize if I offended anybody by saying that. That's my personal reflection and my perspective. All right, one more. Oh, this isn't a real question, but I'll answer it. How do you travel to France without having taken the vaccine? France no longer requires it. As of uh, March something or other, uh, they dropped the uh, requirement to get that injection, um, which I've never had. Um, and so you can now go there. You have to um, take a have a negative COVID test when you get on the airplane to go there. You now don't have to have one when you leave, but in order to get in, you do have to show a negative test. Uh, so that's how we did it. France opened up. It's been open since March. That's how Michael Matt led the pilgrimage this year um, at Charge Cathedral. Okay, that wasn't a real question, so I'll do one more. I mean, it was a real question, but it was sort of anecdotal. See, I need a producer and cue these questions up what are your thoughts on Medjugorje I don't believe in it I only follow approved apparitions a lot of these questions are repeating are y'all repeating questions Looks like it. And I see a lot of questions about pork. Not quite sure what's going on here with the pork situation. What happened to Pope Benedict? Uh, I go into detail on that. It takes a lot of spilling of ink. You can learn all about my thoughts on what happened to Pope Benedict in my book, Infiltration. Get it on. It's on sale today, actually. Or at least it was yesterday at Amazon.com. Infiltration by Taylor Marshall. Check it out. Uh, are Catholics allowed to eat pork? Yes, Catholics can eat pork. It's awesome. People are asking, so are Catholic, what's the deal with the pork? All right, I think I'm going to shut down here because I'm not seeing any more question marks. Oh, here's one. Good. When we die and go to heaven, do we go as disembodied souls? Yes. How else are you going to get there? 
your body is in a is in a grave it's in a box it's in a tomb so um when you die your soul goes before jesus christ it's called the particular judgment and he tells you what's going to happen to you next he gives you a review of your whole life and he judges every thought word and deed every thought word and deed it's terrifying to think about one day i'm going to look into the eternal eyes of jesus after i die within seconds after i die and there's jesus and I'm going to look into his eternal eyes and he's going to give me like, I know it's kind of cheesy to say this, like a fast forwarded movie, movie of my life. And every thought, word and deed I'll have to make an account for. And then all the good meritorious things that I do, the good works will also be credited to me. But if you don't have sanctifying grace in your soul, you don't have habitual grace. Sanctifying grace is the same thing as habitual grace. If you don't have grace in your soul, which means you don't have faith, or maybe you do have faith, but you don't have hope and you don't have love, you will infallibly go to hell. There are different levels of hell. For people who have barely sinned, it's not as bad. For the people who have done a bazillion mortal sins, hell is even worse for them. God is totally just in how much suffering is allowed in hell but if you do not have grace if you do not have faith and hope and charity you will not be saved you will not go to heaven that's the teaching of jesus in the bible saint paul teaches it peter teaches it in his epistles john teaches it it's in the book of revelation it's over and over and over and then if you are saved and you do have grace but you haven't conformed your will and your life you haven't properly repented. You haven't tried to make good on your mistakes. You will go temporarily to a place called purgatory. In purgatory, you will suffer by the mercy of Christ with grace in your soul. And you will be conformed to Jesus Christ in his image. You will be sanctified. If you die, think about it this way. If you die... And when you die, you are 91% of your way to being a saint. You still got 9% to go. It's an A, but it's an A minus. And everyone in heaven's an A plus. Let me say that again. If you're 91% of the way to heaven and you die, you still got 9% to go. You got an A minus, you need to get to A plus. Purgatory is where you get your 9%. It is the purification. It is the detainment. You know, Jesus said uh, in one of his parables that you will be cast into prison until you have paid the last cent. Pro as a Protestant, I had no idea what that meant. As a Catholic, I read Gregory the Great, and he's like, that is the afterlife purification. This is why we pray for the dead, because they need help. They need assistance to get up to 100%. When you hit 100% in purgatory, you're 100% sanctified. 100% saint, you're in heaven. Boom. And then if you do die 100%, for example, if you're a martyr, you are killed in odium fidei, that's Latin for in hatred of the faith, and you unite yourself to Jesus in death, as a witness for him, you are 100% saint, you go straight to heaven. Or if you're an extremely holy person, 
who properly repents of your sins, properly believes in Jesus, hopes in Christ, and loves Christ, loves God, and loves his neighbor as himself. If you are on all six cylinders doing that and you die, you get to skip purgatory and you get to go to heaven. That's the particular judgment. At the end of time, at judgment day, doomsday, everyone will be resurrected from the oceans, from the caverns, from the grass graveyards, from the cave tombs. Whether you were burned up, whether you drowned in the water, whether you were buried with your bones all intact, Everyone will be resurrected, and according to tradition, Thomas Aquinas and the Old Testament, we will all be lined up at the Kidron Valley. The Kidron Valley is the valley just outside Jerusalem. And there Jesus will judge every person. The blessed, the elect, will go into heaven in the new heavens, the new earth, with their bodies resurrected. The, the damned, the reprobate, will go into hell with their bodies and they will suffer not only in their souls as they had before but they will suffer in soul and body and the blessed will not only rejoice and be blessed in their souls it will overflow to their body and you will have your body in either heaven or hell forever and ever in secula seculorum amen good question thomas aquinas has a long good section on everything that I just said. I'd encourage you to read it. Um, it's in the supplement of the Summa Theologiae, which was actually compiled by Reginald. It's a long story, but check it out. It'll definitely be worth your time. Thanks for watching. Make sure you pray your rosary every day. I already explained why earlier in the show. Pray your rosary every day. You're not on the team. If you haven't given it the thumbs up, please hit the thumbs up. Go ahead and share and hit the subscription button. You don't want to miss this content. We're doing good stuff, good Q&A, building a solid community. Thanks to everyone who's already a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash drtaylormarsh. If you want to support what I do, go over there. I'll send you some cool stuff. And we'll pray the Hail Mary together in Latin. Oremos nomine patris et fidi et spiritus sancti. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in morieribus et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Santa Maria, Mater Dei, or Pronobis Peccatoribus, Nunc et Ora Mortis Nostre. Amen. And for Thanksgiving, for the overturning of Roe v. Wade, we'll pray the glory be together. Gloria Patri et Filio, Spiritui Santo, Sicuterat in Principio, Nunc et Semper, et in Secula Seculorum. Amen. Our Lady Fatima, pray for us. Most Sacred Heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Most Sacred Heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. And the souls of the faithful departed, through the mercy of God, rest in peace. Amen. Thanks for watching. Happy, I want to say happy sacred heart. That was yesterday. Today, transferred, however, in the old pre-55 calendar, we do have, transferred today, Nativity of John the Baptist. It's legit. It's awesome. So happy feast day for that. And remember, our Lord Jesus Christ says, you're the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. God bless and Godspeed. I'll see you soon.
make sure you're subscribed.